0: Welcome to this Times Live Twitter Spaces event for the next 60 minutes. My name is Eusebius McKeyser. I'm a contributor and an analyst for Times Live. I'm also joined in this conversation by my colleague, veteran investigative journalist, Tandit Kolojika, who is someone that has covered, <laughs> who has covered <laughs> um, the state capture story for many years now at various media, but him and I, finally um, work in the same company and his work you often read in the Sunday Times. Mm. And of course, many issues we don't get to, you'll also be able to pick up some of his content by going to timeslive.co.za. A couple of rules and what we're going to do. Look, the most important thing is that I want you to be A, patient and B, forgiving, which are things that don't happen on Twitter because I've never hosted before. So really, the next 60 minutes is just us experimenting. If it doesn't work, tough luck, then we won't do it again. If you love it, We will, and you can tweet us suggestions, DM topics, um, tell us from a format point of view what you think we should do differently. All I know is TV and radio, and I was trying to think what I like about Twitter spaces, what I don't like. I think they drag too much. I therefore told my team we will strictly make this 60 minutes like an open line conversation and see whether that works. Also, I'd like your interventions to be fast-paced. Brian, think of your question or your comment before you speak so that you don't waste too much time. Obviously, I, in turn, will be patient. Not everyone is a trained public speaker. I accept that. And then last, most importantly, which is also anti-Twitter and anti-Elon Musk, um, there are certain kinds of content that I do not tolerate. Hate speech, bigotry, ad hominem attacks – Please, none of that. Um, Please make sure that you give us a crisp comment, top-down communication. And as I always used to say and still say, you're entitled to be heard. You're not entitled to have your worldview affirmed. We're going to be debating whether part four of the Zondo Commission is pointless or whether it takes us closer to justice. And I want you to make argument more than just giving us bile. You're listening to Eusebius on Times Live. That's this latest podcast on Times Live. And it's me, Eusebius McKeyser, exploring the major issues of the week. That means you're gonna hear a lot of law, politics and ethics, how they intersect and how important these stories are in the life of all South Africans. When people saw
1: Their children must know these are sellouts. They put saliva on the paper. Mr. Julius Malema. Whispered and said, "Sing it, sing it." And then they shared that zone. No, no, I'm not
0: going to apologize. Can
1: I have my iPad, please? So they stole it.
0: Let's get straight into it, Pandit Coro. Thanks so much for being part of the conversation. Look, I think. I was trying to determine what would be most helpful to the country in this conversation that's different to what they would have heard in another Twitter spaces or what they might have read. And I think that would be to ask, what is the significance of part four, where to from here? However, we can't answer those questions as sexy as they are until we do some absolute foundational setting of the scene in terms of what are the highlights in terms of what is actually in the report. So just give us a broad overview thematically of what Part 4 covers, what stands out for you. Thanks, Eusebius. Um,
1: uh, and, uh, I mean, for, for, for me, um, when I mean uh, Part 4 came out, it's confirmations of the many stories and the many things that we, we had written, you know, before. I'm talking about eight years, nine years um, ago um, regarding state capture. Uh, First of all, I mean, you look at, um, you know, the fact that uh, where was the ANC in all of this? It also speaks about uh, how the ANC failed the citizens uh, of this country uh, in defending the constitution um, and the wealth of the the country. Um, It also, I mean, for me, shows how we are left with bleeding state-owned entities, uh, because uh, monies um, um, uh, that were looted. From these state owned entities, uh, left them bankrupt. Uh, we've got ESCOM that is struggling. We've got uh, the passenger rail uh, of South Africa that is struggling. We've got Transnet that is struggling. And these are the results of um, uh, state uh, capture. Um, and, and, and of course, I mean, you talk about uh, other uh, government departments such as the department um, um, uh, of uh, human settlements in the, in the free state, the free state government, uh, in fact, uh, as a whole, uh, and how the failed asbestos project, the failed um, uh, housing projects, which were actually used uh, to loot taxpayers' money, and those monies ended up in those uh, politically connected uh, elite, um, you know, who were who are part of a, a certain faction. Um, and also what is very important um, um, uh, when, when it comes to this uh, uh, report, the role of uh, former President uh, Jacob um, uh, Zuma, you know, who has const- uh, constantly said, uh, you know, uh, what have I done? Uh, please show me what have I done. Well the report actually you know um, um, uh, shows uh, in chronology um, how President Zuma in fact um, uh, uh, let the Guptas run the country uh, in appointing ministers, and uh, those ministers that uh, um, uh, dared to challenge the Guptas um, were removed. Um, uh, the the uh, Jacob Zuma's sword um, uh, uh, had befallen them. And, uh, you know, I remember um, um, uh, one of the stories we actually wrote uh, back, uh, back then, I think it was in 2014, Mkabisti um, um, Jonas being offered, uh, he was then uh, the deputy finance minister being offered uh, the uh, uh, finance minister job. Uh, by the Guptas in, in Sex and World. And of course, they offered him money at that time. After we published that story, how the ANC actually attacked the Sunday Times at that time, uh, the spokesperson was Zizu Koto and said that we were writing gossip masquerading as news. So, this report is important also in that context to show that the ANC as well was, in fact, defending uh, the Guptas and that uh, the citizens of this country are the biggest uh, losers in the whole um, uh, situation because we still have ESCOM problems, very big uh, problems. It was an economic sabotage, in my view, um, Mm. um, um, most importantly, because the citizens of this country never actually benefited from anything in those years. The state-owned entities have collapsed.
0: So there's a couple of those stories I just want to detail. Before we ask the question, what does it all mean and where to from here? Let's take the free state one that you've referenced, for example. I mean, what is the opportunity cost of corruption? What scale are we talking about here? And how forensic was state capture report in terms of the level of specificity of the individuals involved that benefited illegally? What is the quality of the data that can be handed over to the NPA to begin the next part of the work, Tanit
1: At least, um, um, you know, now uh, the NPA um, did, in fact, start um, early uh, with uh, the asbestos case because there was a lot of uh, forensic uh, investigation and work that had been done and uh, handed over to them. And we are seeing those people uh, appearing in in, in court at at, at, at this stage. We're talking billions um, uh, of, uh, uh, taxpayers' money. And we know that there was a, 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 a system which, um, in the criminal world, um, uh, and in law, it's called layering, uh, where monies would come from uh, government department and go into Saudi's, um, um, uh, Saudi's, uh, companies. And then the money would go into different other uh, parts uh, of uh, South Africa to different companies, people that did not actually do any kind of work um, um, in the asbestos situation. And um, having had some interactions with the NPA, and of course they say, listen, and we know people want us to take action immediately, but in law uh, it is not what you know. It is what you you can prove. Uh, And they've uh, to a certain extent yes um, um uh, uh, the zondo report is some is some kind of guidance but yeah there is there is um, there are documents that were shared with uh, with the Zondo Commission that are already sitting with the, with the ID. So there is yes. in 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 fact movement in terms of that. But there yeah. are also other difficulties um, that Zondo could not get into. For example, uh, there's a story in the Sunday Times. I think it was written by my colleague uh, Mawande. There's a constant uh, reference uh, seen in many uh, payments from Saudi. Uh, uh, which is AM. Uh, and Zondo could not, uh, ju- Chief Justice Zondo could not come to a, a conclusion who this AM was who got about 10 million rand, which clearly got, uh, that money was in cash. Um, you know, people have been suspecting and there were suspicions that uh, AM could be standing for Isma uh, The NPA can work with that. The NPA will have to prove beyond any reasonable yeah. doubt that, you know, this AM is so-and-so. And then you've got also another enabler in, uh, in the form of Mosebenzizwane when he was there as the MEC of, uh, uh, of Agriculture uh, as well. Um, you know, he allowed the Guptas to do whatever they, they pleased. Today we are talking about three state farmers uh, who were left in the uh, in the dairy farm with nothing. The Guptas took the money. We do not know to what uh, 11, yeah. did Musa yeah. Zizwane get um, yeah. uh, any form of kickback or so?
0: Okay. If you've just joined us, thanks so much for coming to our first Times Live Twitter space. I'm Eusebius McKeyser. I'm a contributor and analyst for Times Live. Many of you keep asking me my least favorite question, when are you coming back to radio? It's not the only medium, guys. The the cool thing about new technology is that there are many fora where you and I can engage. Most of my journalism now lives on timeslive.co.za, and Times Live is also hosting this podcast series called Eusebius on Times Live, which I also hope many of you will subscribe to. I want to move on to one more theme before we ask the big picture questions, Tandetro. One other theme that's dominant and there's just so much here that we probably need a series of spaces conversations. And there are many others who are doing good work in that regard. Ravonia Circle have been doing it. I see Songezo here last night, um, Henny and his team did a fantastic spaces conversation. So there are many, multiple conversations to be had so that we can collate all of the data and extrapolate the various issues that you can't do justice to in one conversation. We have got to talk about HCOM, There is probably the single <laughs> biggest issue that all South Africans agree on right now is that energy insecurity is, A, something that makes us all hutful. I have suddenly mm-hmm. expanded my vocab by using far more swear words than I normally do. And <laughs> it is bad for the economy. There's nothing worse for an economy than an unpredictable price sort of evolution of the cost of energy, and that's quite apart from not having energy security per se. And we've got both of those. You don't know for how long you will have energy supply, and you don't know what will happen to the cost of it in the years Mm -hmm. ahead. If you want to set up a smelter plant right now, and you've got to choose between South Africa and some other market in the global south, I would say, if I was being asked a private view as a consultant and not being patriotic, don't come to South Africa. We can't guarantee a regulatory environment in which you'll be able to have guaranteed major input in your processes, which is electricity or energy that you need in order to do what you need to do. This report, part four, is crucial because it helps us to begin to understand how HCOM was hollowed out. What happened?
1: i um, rightfully so um eusebius you've pointed uh, quite a very important point um, nowhere in, in the world can a country survive, can a country's economy survive without um, um, uh, power you know, there needs to be reliable um, uh, energy. And simply, we we don't have that currently. I mean, we've seen this happening, you know, in other parts of uh, our continent, um, Nigeria, um, where there's just not, there's no reliable um, um, energy. And in this instance, what we see is how ESCOM um, was consistently being stripped apart for the benefit of uh, a, a few individuals, um, and how the, the, the introduction uh, of different ministers at public enterprises was a way to uh, uh, to pave the way for um, um, uh, uh, unprecedented uh, looting and to actually not to focus on the on the on 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 on, on supplying um, um, energy uh, to the country, but just panel beat things now and then um, 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 uh, so that we have a, a bit of reliability. Yes, of course, somebody will argue and say, but no, um, uh, the issue of ESCOM did, uh, um, uh, power problems did not start uh, um, uh, with uh, with state capture, did not start with Brian Mulefe and uh, Coco Macella and Lynn Brown, etc. But the problem is that they exacerbated a situation um, uh, in, 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 in in ESCOM. Um which is where you see that when lynn brown is now uh, 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 appointed as, as as minister of public enterprises he she actually um Um, uh, 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 circumvents processes uh, of appointing people into boards. We see people, uh, which is where Zondo uh, uh, becomes very important. We see people that are being suggested by a Gupta lieutenant, Salim Essa, being appointed into uh, 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 ESCOM board. We see uh, 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 Brian Mulefe and Anoj Singh, who had already managed to establish some kind of a Scheme at Transnet that allowed uh, the Guptas and uh, their associates to be able to uh, milk uh, state coffers. They are then taken from uh, Transnet and moved to, to ESCO And it then continues. And uh, there is this big drive to get Glencoe uh, to sell uh, their mine uh, to, 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 to the Guptas. Now you've got people in the board who are singing uh, to the Guptas You've got a minister who uh, in the Zondo Commission denied ever actually speaking to Salim Essa or knowing Salim Essa, but telephone conversation actually proved that uh yeah. Lin Pran was actually having conversations with Salim Essa and the people that Salim Essa was suggesting to be appointed into the board and, to, and, and into a number of the subcommittees at ESCOM were actually uh, indeed appointed and were doing the bidding of, of the Guptas, the likes of uh, Mark Pamensky, for example. Mark Pamensky shared directorship or ownership of companies with Salim Essa, And Mark Pamensky was actually giving inside information to the Guptas. There are other people, I mean, there is a, 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 there's evidence which now Zondo actually proves that confidential escom information was in fact being shared with the guptas using some um, uh, um, a funny email info portal uh, something uh, which uh, he says belonged to, to salim essa so there was never any more any focus on fixing um escom um, problems the energy problems that we were uh, we were facing at the time but it was about um, uh, the looting that had already started at at Transnet that had already um, uh, started in other state-owned entities, it moved into ESCOM. As a result, ESCOM was stripped to such an extent that we today find ourselves uh, in a situation where government cannot guarantee guarantee, Mm -hmm. um, 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 reliable energy. Entrepreneurs, Young people that uh, yeah. are being encouraged to start uh, businesses, etc. They, they they they're simply struggling in this country because there is no reliable energy. Um, yeah, they can't the thing, um, yeah. drive their businesses. We constantly talk about um, that, uh, you know, this affects uh, investors. Investors are going to flee. It, it is not only about the investors. Yeah. It is about the people in the country. Can they sustain themselves in the face of Absolutely. high unemployment? We, they can't because there's no reliable energy.
0: Accountability is important. It's really important for me that um, many of these ministers be shamed. There needs to be legal accountability. There needs to be political accountability. Um, You know, whenever you say Len Brown, this is the first thing that comes to mind is this song. I can't, even when I was reading the reports, I'm taken back to my childhood, and I think of Pinocchio. (laughs) And the reason is that she's such a bloody liar. Her nose, and that's why I call her Lynn Brown nose, not Lynn Brown, (laughs) must grow every time she speaks. Whenever I had her on my radio show on 702, I used to feel embarrassed on her behalf, her friend's behalf, her family's behalf. And I think to myself, my goodness, you are beyond shame. And I want to also hold us accountable in the media, including the Sunday Times, Myself, mm. being part of ARENA, we've got, and I'm looking at it right now, Tandertolo, the lead story on Sunday, where was the yeah. ANC? You are one of three authors of the lead story, mm. and most of it quotes one Pravin Gordan, Um and basically he's moralizing about the importance of justice and accountability and we really must go after the people who captured the state and i'm thinking two things to myself Tanditolo, as a south african quite apart from being an analyst the first thing i think about is how why are we in the media treating this man as if he shouldn't be held accountable as part of the amc collective and number two he himself mm-hmm. should self-examine the role Qua political party of the african national congress in the making of jacob zuma jacob zuma wasn't a lone ranger a sugar daddy that was just there in jail by himself he was sponsored by the likes of pravid gordon the rest of the executive keeping quiet and dare i say it his deputy who became president serial from a poser and so How how do you feel about that, both as a journalist and also as a senior journalist in the country and as a South African? I mean, we have this tendency of dividing the ANC between the constitutionalists who are the good guys versus the bad guys from the so-called nine wasted years. But there's only just one ANC and they're all collectively responsible.
1: In in, in my view, uh, Eusebius, like I've I've said even uh, before, you know, um, here uh, there are no angels and and, and demons um, in that ANC. Um, The ANC itself, including Pravin Ghodan, like you've rightfully um, uh, pointed out, they were part of uh, the ANC that created uh, the environment that led to um, uh, the capturing of the state. They did not uh, hold each other accountable. They never actually did hold each other accountable. Instead, they consistently uh, defended uh, uh, each other and the ANC. And then they got to a point where they then started creating, uh, well, they've been there, but started talking about uh, factions and trying to create this um, uh, impression to South Africans that there's angels and demons in, in the ANC. But that is absolutely not, uh, not not true. And one would see in the in the rise of, uh, uh, of former President Jacob Zuma, who comes into in, into the space, and these things happen under him. That is fine. That then happens. But the ANC never actually takes any serious uh, um, uh, action against uh, uh, one of their or the, of their fellow comrades i'll give you an example uh, Zizwane is uh, sort of promoted or whatever he's the chairperson of uh, a transport for, uh, portfolio committee in parliament despite all the things that Zizwane did as, as a minister of dmr and also as uh, as an mec in the in the free state no action was taken by the anc he was never held uh, accountable so there is no culture within the anc of holding uh, the other accountable instead they create factions and we have to choose amongst those worst people uh, that you know we select to be people who lead us in the in the in the country the state capture shows us to such mm-hmm. an extent that anc was idling sitting there and as long as uh, a number of people were 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 still uh, contributing to the ANC with government yep. money. Well, because the the major problem is that the ANC turned a blind eye because it Absolutely. was receiving donations from uh, from the from the companies doing business with the state. Absolutely. so the ANC, yeah. in totality, it is actually part of the problem.
0: There's another big theme for me that I want us to explore that I think is important as we step back from the minutiae. And that is the role of the private sector, which is really important. Yes, state capture by its very definition and in terms of the terms of reference is about this state. But as Harry Nell said to me at a conference many years ago when I interviewed him, it takes two to tango. For state capture to happen, you invariably need someone within the state to be in the roots with someone in the private sector that then sets up that corrupt nexus between the private sector and the state. What bothers me about the report is that it is not treating with sufficient parity the wrong in the private sector that the private sector enables with that toxic relationship with certain officials within the state. Let's take the example of McKinsey. And I'm working Mm. on an analysis piece about McKinsey for next week that I'll file for Times Live at some point. And Mm. I've already got my preliminary first sentence, which will be, Justice Zondo let McKinsey off the hook. And I tell you why I think this, and I want your reflection and, and everyone else's reflection back. Because what McKinsey does, which Bain didn't do, was to try and make the PR go away preemptively by saying we'll pay a billion rand or whatever. And then they come across with the help of Alexander Weiss as if they are unwitting victims of Figas Sagar, one of the partners who've subsequently left before being DC'd internally at McKinsey, and he's now in London. And McKinsey can now drive a wedge between itself as a company and the lone ranger, bad individual, senior um, partner in the firm. And life goes mm. on. And we talk about mm. trillion. we We talk about ESCOM. Mm. We splash the faces of the board members from the 2014 board in our newspapers. But no one talks about the economic sabotage, as you rightly called it earlier, that should be attached to the name of McKinsey. The Mm, report never mm. says McKinsey is culpable. McKinsey played a role in state capture. McKinsey should be barred. And most importantly for the maths guys in the room, the total economic cost of contributing to blackouts during that period is far more Mm. than a billion rand. A billion rand is probably an underdetermination of the total cost of McKinsey getting an unlawful contract with ESCOM. And that kind of malfeasance in the private sector, I think, doesn't get sufficient prominence in the report. I don't know whether you agree with me or whether you think I'm being harsh on McKinsey.
1: So, I mean, uh, from, from from the, um, I think, the first uh, report, um, you know, uh, Zondo touched on McKinsey and Bay, um, you know, their role, et cetera, et cetera. But you're quite right uh, that we have not, even including us in the media splashed the faces of the people uh, at McKinsey um you know uh, in in our uh, pages to show that these were the individuals who are alleged to to have been um, um, corrupt and actually involved in corrupt activities you know uh, the sagas etc but what is Important for me when it comes to the issue of McKinsey and Bain, etc. You know, it, it, it's, it's a lot of money, it's, it's more than a billion, right? This is where, for me, uh, uh, our law enforcement comes into place. Um, I'm talking about SARS and um, um, uh, the Hawks uh, and the NPA this is when they should be going after recovering recovery of monies they've done that to a certain extent when it comes to um, 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 uh, uh, regiments etc you know they should be recovering recovering monies owed uh, to the taxpayers of, of of this country and then also follow up with uh, criminal prosecutions the reason i'm arguing that they should recover monies Stolen from the taxpayers that comes back that money should come back to the fiscals and help us out the, in the economy. There shouldn't only be just a, a, a criminal uh, prosecution and the person goes to jail and that's it. But for you to prevent uh, these things happening in the future, you have to have harsher consequences for for people. People need to think twice if they're they going to commit such crimes. We'll, the state will recover money from you, from individuals, not only the company, the individual directors um, involved in these uh, transactions. That should be done, uh, and not only focus on 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 charging them uh, criminally, and that could perhaps help us, um, uh, you know, deter people from uh, engaging in corrupt activities. That was not happening because, of course, uh, our uh, law enforcement agencies had also been captured and they had been destroyed to the core. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you agree with my basic intuition and Tandutolos that the private sector needs a fuller description of their role in state capture? Obviously, the State Capture Commission has got well-defined terms of reference and won't be the final word. Also, what it says and recommends doesn't prevent the NPA vis-à-vis its own constitutional and statutory powers to initiate investigations that it can and must do so at any rate. So we, in turn, need to hold the NPA accountable. The NPA is not restricted to only take its cue from what the Zondo Commission actually finds. And I think it's important to bear that in mind. There's another example I want us to touch on, though, Tanditola, which is besides the big question of how consulting firms need to have their role in economic sabotage properly articulated and economic justice needs to be debated, I think it's to be about more than just repaying the nominal value of the contract because the real Mm -hmm. impact is far worse than that. But what about Mm -hmm. also the financial institutions like the banks? They don't only facilitate illicit moving of money in and out of the country, they do so in part because they also have an incentive when they benefit from the banking charges and the transactional fees (laughs) that are paid when these huge amounts of illicit trading happens within the banking sector. And so for me, the role of our banks, banks like NetBank, for example, also Mm. needs to be a contender for the front page as much as a Marcella Corco. Or a Anosh Singh would be a contender to have their faces splashed. We don't have household names in this country, being the names of the CEOs, for example, of those who work within the financial sector. And yet, the financial sector and the banks specifically are also very important parts of the overall story, aren't they?
1: Absolutely, Yubi. Um, uh, um, you know, for me, uh, you know, the banks did. It, it didn't. They didn't have to wait for things to. Um, get worse. Um, they saw these transactions. Many of them saw these transactions, especially when we're talking about net bank, right? They allowed these suspicious transactions to continue, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But there were a number of forensic investigations, particularly by uh, 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 the National Tre- Treasury, which raised a lot of red flags about the. Gupta companies, and and that for me should have alerted um, um, uh, the banks that they should be looking at the accounts of these um, um, uh, companies. Uh, that should have alerted SARS that, of course, of course, SARS could not do anything because it had also now been captured and somebody been placed there. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway in my view, they should be held accountable. NetBank should be, should be uh, held um, uh, quite accountable. And I agree with you. They should, um, you know, uh, they should be in the front pages as well as enablers of state capture. Um, There's many enablers of state capture. It is not only President Jacob Zuma. It is not only the ANC. The private sector actively played a role and did not say no, because they were also benefiting from these transactions. And I believe that there should be monies that should be recovered
0: from the likes of uh, NetBank. The pithy question is, part four, is it utterly pointless, or does it bring us closer to justice and I am in conversation with my colleague, who's an investigative journalist with Sunday Times, Tanditolo Chika, who has covered state capture for many years. And uh, the issues are wide and they are also very, very deep. Let's talk a little bit about systems analysis. Again, we can't expect Sonda to do everything. But it is important for me, Tanditolo, that mm, mm, we don't mm. get bogged down only in the individual protagonists or play example table tennis, where you go, here is EOH, and you speak Mm. about it for 50 pages. Here is what happened at the new age, and you speak about it for 50 pages. I'm hoping that the final installment will be the biggest one yet, and that it will have better systemic and institutional analyses than the versions that we've had so far, Where it's really been a data dump about particular sites within the state that had been looted. And what Mm -hmm. do I mean by that? What I mean by this is, for example, um, understanding the difference between corruption and state capture. They're two different concepts. Understanding the modus operandi so that we can understand how these institutions were repurposed, like Treasury, so that the hyenas. Can steal into perpetuity. Because if we don't understand the methodology of state capture, if we don't understand how the institutions had been repurposed, then you can put Zuma and his friends in orange overalls, but those institutions will remain vulnerable to the next generation of thieves one day.
1: I agree with you there. Um, You know, there was a systematic um, uh, breakdown. Um, Even, you know, I actually liked some of the recommendations from Zondo, um, you know, because it said to me, he was considering that there was a systematic breakdown of um, uh, government entities, government itself, et cetera, Um, and that, you know, he recommended, for example, there needs to be a new way of uh, appointing uh, board members. It should not uh, be, you know, a matter of uh, a minister deciding on who should be a board member, etc. I mean, the way we, we appoint board members in this country is actually ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, we appoint people into uh, a space like an energy space. Uh, but this person has got what? A communications background, et cetera, et cetera. They understand absolutely nothing there. Uh, at Prasa, as we speak currently, we've got people there uh, in that board who know nothing about trains um, or anything uh, with engineering. So I like uh, some of uh, Zondo's uh, recommendations when it comes to uh, a change in, in terms of the uh, the system and how we do things. And also... He spoke a lot as well about this uh, issue of donations, which is a very big problem uh, that also enables uh, corruption, that, you know, somebody gets a contract at the city of Chobek and then they must uh, also donate uh, uh, to to the gala dinner uh, uh, of the ANC. That is part of corruption. That is how corruption actually thrives. Uh, because i as uh, as as jika who owns this company uh, in order for me to get uh, a contract for, from government i need to convince somebody at lutuli house that i am actually going to give you uh, to give lutuli house 10% those are the yeah. systematic Breakdowns um, mm-hmm. um, that uh, are causing the problems, and rightfully so. You can appoint whoever you want to appoint uh, as mm-hmm. the president of this country, as long as we have those type of things happening, mm-hmm. uh, we're Absolutely. still going to have the same problem. I mean, we got uh, uh, currently President Ramaphosa here caught on tape talking about uh, that he knows that uh, you know comrades uh, were taking uh, money from the, from the state for ANC uh, uh, matters you know, yes. but he does nothing it about that he, he, he it does not open a case it yeah. does not, go, yes ab- absolutely nothing happens, he does yeah. not go open a case, like they don't hold each other accountable we cannot trust yeah. politicians uh, in, any, in any manner so for yeah. me A systematic overhaul uh, and things to be done in a different way. You know, uh, the 10 percent issue for me is one of Mm -hmm. the biggest uh, problems. And this is how uh, the private companies have actually captured the state and the victims of all of this. The victims of all of this are actually the middle class and the very poor people of this country. 100%, because 100%, monies 100%, are exchanging yeah. hands between the private individuals, the politicians, yeah. the politically connected individuals, drive fancy cars, wear expensive yeah. suits like Malusi Kikawa, enjoys uh, <laughs> uh, Dubai trips, et etc you know that that's where the problem is that there, there yeah. needs to be a systematic overhaul uh, yeah. and i mean we've got a number of uh, 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 individuals in this country Ooh. who are working hard in holding the state that's accountable and I think that what is we need why we talk you about see. But, but, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. But yeah maybe it will be a topic for another another either podcast edition page who's sitting here with me my producer um, or for a second um, spaces in the next couple of weeks, what does accountability actually mean? And can we reimagine a South Africa where we are less reliable on the body politic? I think those are actually good topics to tackle, eh, Paige? And uh, we'll, we'll keep that Absolutely. in mind. I'll write it down Absolutely. And we'll come back to that. Okay, so some of you are tweeting. You can tweet and just um, tag at Eusebius or at Times Live. Alternatively, or in addition, use the hashtag debating Zondo part four, and four is the number four. I've got one comment here from Ayanda, who tweeted, I think that people are tired, Eusebius, and we have just lost patience with our institutions, politicians and our legal team. I hope that we will get justice and accountability from all involved, but I just don't have faith, she says. Then Dr. Leslofonolo Makake does not speak Kirk when he tweets. Thanks for a mind-blowing con- discussion. Thank you for your generosity, sir. Thanks to your team and to I think that's important. And our colleagues elsewhere, media, News24, many other places, also institutions of research, collectively, their work was the basis, really, for this eventually becoming this kind of inquiry. But he says, my concern is the following, nevertheless. Will there be any criminal... Um, investigations, I think he says, just lost that there, but will there be any criminal sort of investigations that will be coming after this? A last read that comes through, someone said a little bit earlier, well, we know nothing will happen, why should we waste our breath? And, you know, this is actually a really interesting issue, mm-hmm. because all the sort of politics seminar language that we are using around accountability, et etc. et cetera, what Ayanda's tweet and the last one um, that I mentioned brings out is something that I have been told, that I spoke to analyst that Brian Fakir about on Eusebius and Times Live three weeks ago, which hmm. is that there's a decline in levels of trust in the average citizen in relation to political parties specifically Um. And in addition to that, of course, we now know that although still reasonably high by international standards, if we take ninety-four as a baseline, there is a steady over time decline in electoral participation of South African voters. Put simply, mm. we are becoming cynical about politics, and that bodes poorly for democracy overall. Mm.
1: And, and 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 it is quite understandable um, um eusebius um you know and that comes from seeing uh, from citizens and ordinary people seeing that amasela are not being you know sent to jail nobody is being uh prosecuted nobody it, it is based on the fact that people have, have have seen no action and that the result of that has been years of uh, uh capture of um uh, of our law enforcement agencies there is a very interesting affidavit um, um, uh, submitted by advocate uh, Karen van, van Rensbeek um, in the Zondo Commission about how the NPA was actually uh, captured. And she mentions, um, she, it's a very long uh, uh, affidavit, but she mentions how the system was was being broken down and who the enablers were. So ordinary South Africans have a right to feel the way they are feeling and have no confidence yeah. in any politician.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's a, as you heard me say that, Paige, there was a really interesting um, comment that came through. Let me see if I can find it again. Also from Ayanda, which is related to the cynicism issue. And I think it's important mm-hmm. because this now takes us to a question of what kind of political culture state capture has engendered. Ayanda says Proven Gordon was asking us to not call them thugs, yet mm-hmm. they are the ones that have said, by while they know for a fact that state money is being used for party affairs. Mm -hmm. We've all heard the audio that Tanitolo is speaking about. You know what's interesting about this, Tanitolo, is that when I read your work and our colleagues' work in the Sunday Times and across the rest of the media, then I think to myself, what can I infer about the nature of the South African state? And Pravin wants to get annoyed When a word like thug gets used because Mm. it's got connotations of criminality anti-constitutionalism maybe it analogizes to for example being Mm. a gangster on the cape flats but the Mm. concept of a gangster state is actually a serious concept in political theory and you need to ask yourself what are the red flags of a democratic state that is slowly morphing into a gangster state. And Mm. when you have a party that is the incumbent governing party, that is not just a beneficiary, but as you said earlier, it is blind because it is willfully blind because it is benefiting from state capture, like people having to pay a lot of money when they come and sit next to the president at a party Mm. political event knowing mm, that mm. they will get a return on the investment. There is thuggery. There is a South African state that is becoming a predatory state. And so mm. I think Ayanda, our, our reader, is spot on. And I don't know whether you would agree that, that the way we characterize Absolutely. the consequence of what it is that you report on is that it's nothing short of the South African democratic state becoming a gangster state and we need to take that seriously it's not just a colloquial description it is actually a seriously analog- analytical point
1: that, that's absolutely uh, true and, uh, it, and 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 that is backed up you know by a lot of um, um, evidence in terms of you know how the anc conducted itself when it came it comes down to law enforcement in order for you to reach a level of a gangster state the first thing that you do you make sure that your law enforcement agency is crippled you put in place people who have no interest of uh, upholding the the constitution of this country Uh, as we speak in this country we've never had a a a national public director of public uh, a national director of public prosecution who finished their term, the 10-year term. And what is that? It has only been because of political meddling. Um, And that is very key. If ANC indeed believed in in, in law, why why have we had such a fight over who holds uh, the position of uh, NDPP? And why has nobody actually... Absolutely.
0: I think you're right. And that's because the entire value chain that entire yeah. value chain of justice itself had been hollowed out.
1: Yeah, yeah, and this, you know, you go back, you um, uh, see, it, it, you know how even in Parliament, in those in the, in the early portfolio committees that they used to have, uh, where they had the Andrew Feinstein's and them, where when initially initially uh, MPs were caught out, you know, with their hands in the cookie jar, um, abusing um, uh, state resources, right? The ANC was fine with that uh, until those portfolio committees started really performing their work, and it came to the arms deal. That then turned everything upside down, and the ANC focused on the law enforcement, and everything started To break down, I'm talking about organized crime unit. I'm talking about um, uh, uh, the scorpions themselves. Um, Exactly, crime intelligence in this country is absolutely in tatters. And crime intelligence has been proven in other reports. In fact, in in fact, that crime intelligence uh, was was uh, crime intelligence and state security agency. We're serving uh, uh, political uh, factions uh, of the of the ANC. That is how yeah. you arrive at a gangster state where 100%. the state, uh, state institution law enforcement is broken down to a point where they become private armies of politicians.
0: Okay, we are wrapping it. We literally have five minutes left. I'm having so much fun. I do wish it was two hours. Please also DM me for examples of other topics you want us to cover. Um, who you'd like me to be in conversation with. If they agree, a lot of people are still scared of the medium, um, but they might become used to it over time. So your recommendations are more than welcome. At times live or at Eusebius, we'll pick them up. We'll discuss it as a team. Let's do one last thing in the four minutes that are left. Let's frame as experienced, I'm not saying old or veteran, experienced (laughs) what the questions are, that are top of mind for us in our work and just as South Africans, what are the kinds of questions you think we need to speak about over the water cooler this afternoon, over the braai, over the weekend? I'll go first, then you can have the final say and we'll wrap it there. Okay, cool. cool, cool. There's a a cluster of questions. I won't mention them all. The first is how can we reduce the power of politicians and political parties? I think Hmm. Countries the world over, societies the world over, need to grapple with that. It is an accident of history that political parties have got enormous power, including the ability to form government, create policy, have a monopoly on force, and therefore politicizing the security cluster like in South Africa. Us as, quote-unquote, ordinary citizens need to ask ourselves, what does it mean to live in a society in which politicians have less power, and then how do we get there? Secondly, Mm. we've got to ask ourselves, how do we strategically cooperate across our differences? Differences are okay. They, too, are an accident Mm. on history. They are language, Mm. class, political, ideological, racial, and other differences between us. Politicians and private sector interests that are in the Zondo Commission report love it when ordinary citizens are divided among themselves. Because when Mm. we are divided, there's greater opportunity for them to get away with murder. And we need to learn to better cooperate in terms of civil society. And so another question over the water cooler to puzzle through is how do we strategically cooperate despite our differences in order to maximize that which we collectively have an interest in achieving as a country? What for you is in your notebook that you are chasing around the story, Tanikolo? And what do you think is important that you can't write as a reporter, but um, from an opinion point of view, that you think matters? Yeah,
1: uh, for me, just just one. You know, um, it has always been uh, the fact that how do we, you know, um, get um, rid of this cancer called corruption um, in our society for the citizens of this country to benefit from uh, from the country's wealth because that's what we are chasing. Um, you know, uh, with 1994 uh, came this whole that, you know, things will change for the better, you know, for the majority of the black people of this country. But actually, things have been worse for them. And that has only been happening because of crass materialism, corruption, and to the lowest level, councillors, they don't care. And it is simply because of corruption that the citizens of this country are not enjoying the wealth of this country um, at at all. The citizens of this country continue to struggle. So for me, is how do we deal decisively with corruption, um, 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 you know, um, um, uh, effectively, which has crippled everything um, um, we've got in this country. I mean, currently, you know... um, -hmm. Um, uh, With the national, uh, with the disaster in KZN, everybody, everybody is expecting politicians and their friends to steal. Absolutely, and we've we've accepted that
0: it cannot be. No, absolutely. And I think we'll leave it there on that note. Thanks so much for coming into the Twitter spaces. Hundreds of people I see have managed to dip in and out of it over the last hour. I think it was a successful experiment to some extent. I'd have liked to have more of you actually on to speak and hear your voices per se. But your, your tweets are just voluminous. I will still engage during the course of the day on my way to the barber while sitting there, I'll read and engage you on Twitter. And that's the cool thing about multimedia platforms. We can engage a little bit later. But I think when all is said and done, the reality is that the rule of law is under threat. It can only be entrenched if actually the NPA does its job, take its cue from the Zondo Commission, does not allow itself to be constrained by the Zondo Commission because it's got an independent mandate that is separate from the Zondo Commission. And then beyond that, a civil society the best thing we can do for our country is to treat politicians as ordinary rather than as special. Thank you so much for tuning in.